I recently read the miraculous and inspirational story of Johnny C. Davis Jr. After receiving a degree in marketing and success out in the business world, Davis suffered from a sudden cardiac arrest. It caused him to reflect on his life and all of the things he wanted and hoped for in his future. He refused to let his health circumstances define what his life would be. Instead, he used a traumatic incident and health scare as a motivation for leading a better life and finding his purpose. He penned a book about his story and titled it, I'm Still Here. You see, for Davis, he chose to focus on the miraculous recovery and the future ahead rather than the traumatic incident that had the potential to define what his future would hold. He celebrated the fact that he had much more to live and that he remained on this earth with a divine purpose ahead of him. Why do we always look back on the past and reflect on things that once were rather than looking at the present or the future to what it can be? Last week, we began a series with the name, I'm Still Here, and I focused on the perspective of the forgotten. And today, I'll take a look at this phrase from the perspective of the overcomer. Let's face it, life isn't easy. We've all been hurt, knocked down, sick, separated, left alone, broken. There may have even been times when you thought to yourself and others said you wouldn't make it. But in spite of it all, you can stand and say, I'm still here. Even though the pains hurt, even though we're still healing and we still have some tender spots, we can say, I'm still here. And by saying that, that in itself makes us an overcomer. It gives us an opportunity to get to a place we haven't been or need to get to, to reach goals that we haven't reached, and to get closer to God and let Him use us. I'm sure many of you have heard the song Overcomer by Christian recording artist Mandisa. The song has a catchy beat, but have you ever really stopped to listen to it and try to understand the lyrics? Got so much on your mind, nothing's really going right, looking for a ray of hope. Everybody's been down, hit the bottom, hit the ground. Oh, you're not alone. Just take a breath, don't forget, hang on to his promises. He wants you to know you're an overcomer. God is holding you right now. You might be down for a moment, feeling like it's hopeless. That's when he reminds you that you're an overcomer. The word overcomer in Greek means to be victorious, prevailing, conquering, overcoming. In other words, you defeat an obstacle that you are facing. You know, I have to admit it, and a lot of people don't really know this, that I went through a period of spiritual wilderness several years ago, and though the days, weeks, and months went on as if nothing had changed, I know that God felt more and more distant to me during that time. I didn't pray as much. I didn't dig into the Word as much as I know I needed to. I was, I was involved in leading worship at the time, leading my family, teaching. Life seemed to be going as normal, but the fact was, I wasn't open to hearing His voice, and I certainly wasn't hearing it clearly. I started at times to feel spiritually defeated, spiritually stagnant, or stuck in many ways. But what I learned was just how important it was not to rename myself in the middle of a storm. I was not defeated. I was destined to overcome. We're meant to be more than conquerors, and an overcomer is what I was determined to call myself. Being an overcomer means that whatever the enemy intended to use to take you out did not in fact destroy you and is now being used for God's glory. It means we don't rename ourselves forgotten in the seasons where we feel that way. It means we stick through to the other side of the trial. And here I am today, far from perfect, but an overcomer. Our stories are important. 
They are perhaps the most important part of our testimony about what God has done for us and how he's worked on us. When we stay stuck identifying with our old stories, we make the process about us. Yet, being an overcomer is not really about us. It's about how God has revealed himself through our stories and the people we become. There are countless stories of celebrities and recognizable names that overcome the odds to get where they are. Perhaps none more inspiring than figure skater Scott Hamilton. If his name doesn't ring a bell, Scott rose to fame as a figure skater and Olympic gold medalist in the 1980s. And even today, he still serves as a TV commentator for many figure skating competitions around the world. Scott went through many challenges off the rink. When he was just two years old, he got a mysterious illness that caused him to stop growing. And after numerous tests and several wrong diagnoses, the disease began to correct itself. But years later, it was determined that a brain tumor was the root cause of his illness. And in the years that followed, he battled numerous rounds of cancer and aneurysm, several surgeries. But today, he has defeated illness, rose against adversity, and overcome obstacles. Hamilton said this about his trials and the role faith played in them. I understand that through a strong relationship with Jesus, you can endure anything. God is there to guide you through the tough spots. God was there every single time. Every single time. While many of us will never face as many obstacles or ones as big as he did, the fact is is that we all go through trials and some experience suffering and pain. And we all have the same faith available to use. In chapter 8 of Romans, Paul reminds us that we go through sufferings that are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. He says this in verses 18 and 19, and this is the amplified version. For I consider from the standpoint of faith that the sufferings of the present life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed to us and in us. For even the whole creation, all nature, waits eagerly for the children of God to be revealed. (laughs) Boy, if creation is excited to see God revealed through you, imagine God's joy in seeing you overcome suffering and finding true joy in him. You know, being an overcomer involves a lot of different things. It involves putting up some guardrails in your life. It requires prayer and digging into the word and involves not being afraid to make your story of overcoming one to show others how Christ has worked in your life. That's where our testimony comes from. Your testimony, regardless of how ordinary it may be or spectacular you think it is, is your eyewitness, firsthand account of how God rescued you from sin and death through Christ and changed your life as a result. So how do you become an overcomer? Well, if there's something you wish you could overcome now, maybe it's a destructive habit or a fear or anxiety or bitterness, whatever you need to overcome, it can be done. It'd be nice if we could just say, Lord, I want to be an overcomer, and then we would never experience a trial or difficulty again. Saying it and trusting God to change us can provide an instant course correction we need. But you don't just move automatically to the bypass and never have issues again. The reality is, as we find in the scriptures, we will experience trials and times of difficulty. But we must say the words and perform the actions to be overcomers. No matter how many times you felt defeated in the past, you can choose to experience victory. While it's not always easy to forget the past, We can overcome it. 
You have to be serious about it. You can't give a half-hearted effort. You can't leave that cracked window open to allow Satan to use your past failures to hold you back. One of the key things to make this a success is to be specific in how you can and will overcome your difficulty. You see, words are a powerful thing. When you're specific, it not only helps you focus, but as you speak, you unleash power. And this is not just biblical. Mark Twain once said, the difference between the right word and the almost right word is the difference between lightning and a lightning bug. Use words that will encourage you. Use phrases that will push you forward. Refuse to say things that hold you back. Take phrases like what if and but I used to away from your vocabulary. And perhaps more importantly, you need to set yourself some guardrails to keep yourself on the positive overcomer path. Identify triggers that may set off a negative response you wish to overcome and remove them from your life. What specific things, circumstances, or environments are a problem? And if you do come in contact with those triggers, make a plan of action on how you will address it and what specific action you'll take. For example, if you drive past a place that reminds you of something you've overcome, what will you do or say to yourself to keep your mind, heart, and eyes looking forward and upward? Here are some practical suggestions and examples. If you've overcome a broken heart, minimize your connections with the person that caused it. If you're overcoming addiction, avoid hanging out with the people who enabled and encouraged your addiction. If you're overcoming fear, stay away from whatever circumstances or things have caused you to be fearful. You know, over the past year and a half, our world has been full of uncertainty, disease, and fear. And I'm not here today to debate your viewpoint on those things, but I can tell you that I've unfollowed a lot of groups and stopped watching channels, especially news programs, in which every word and every post brought forth more fear and negativity than fact. It's one thing to be concerned, but many have allowed fear to literally take root in every aspect of their lives. Enlisting others to be a support system for you is also so very important. And I'm not necessarily talking about a weekly meeting or support group that you go to, though many people find those beneficial. Having people with you that make you accountable is so, so important. Find people who can share your story with you and who will hold you up, encourage you, and at the same time aren't afraid to give constructive criticism when it's necessary. And along with these practical steps, it's most important to dig into God's word and allow the power of the Holy Spirit to do a mighty work in you. You see, getting into the scriptures is a step that unfortunately many people don't devote enough time to and focus to and or skip it altogether. And I can say I'm guilty of this. But when we try to skip this step or don't give it the priority it needs, we are losing out on the power that is available through the Word of God. You should get into the Bible and read scriptures directly and also get into devotionals and read books from reputable Christian authors that line up their texts with the Word of God. You can get lots of different advice about where to start, but here's just a few suggestions. If you don't know where to begin, find yourself a Bible reading plan to participate in. There's a Bible app from YouVersion that literally has hundreds of different reading plans from Bible in a year to reading through different stories and time periods. And if that's a little overwhelming, maybe consider starting with one of the Gospels in the New Testament, going through the accounts of Jesus' life, or Genesis to learn about things from the beginning. I'd also suggest getting into devotionals. And this is not just ones that are encouraging, but ones from which you learn something. 
A good way to tell the effectiveness of a study is what you remember a few days out and what you can share with others. I've done several studies that were, to be brutally honest, a lot of lip service and temporary hype. Ones with substance, real-life application, and reference scriptures will help you learn, remember, and be able to apply more. And I've also done several studies that are longer ones that connect to a full-length book from a Christian author. Again, look for ones that are based on the scriptures. Sometimes the reading is uncomfortable for you, but it's necessary. And if you still don't know where to start, seek out the godly counsel of your pastor and trusted Christian friends for titles that they've found effective and scriptures that they've found to be life-changing. Most importantly, when you overcome adversity, sin, or temptation in your life, don't be afraid to share your story with others. Now, I know sometimes there's details you won't feel comfortable sharing, but our most powerful witness to others is our own testimony. And for those who are introverted or may not feel comfortable sharing in a group, this can be really hard. I'm certainly not an introvert, but I even have found that one of the things that's always been most difficult for me is speaking about myself and my story in a one-on-one or a small group setting. One thing people often don't realize is that sharing your testimony doesn't have to be scary, and it doesn't have to be a well-rehearsed, drawn-out speech. Sharing your testimony shows you are real. You might see others who have come to Christ and think, well, I don't have a story as powerful or as radical as theirs. Well, the truth is that most of us aren't living radically sinful lives before we come to faith. Just tell people the way Christ changed your life. Everybody's testimony is powerful because it's a story. It's your story about moving from death to life. And when sharing your testimony, share about your background and the circumstances surrounding your experience. Don't try to make up or enhance or glorify things in your story to make it seem more appealing. Be real. But while you do so, be encouraging. God took your situation and brought you to new life in him, and he can do that for others too. And you have the opportunity to share with others exactly what Christ has done for you. It might seem daunting, but trust me, telling your story can be the single most impactful thing you do in your faith. I've been able to share my story with many others as an encouragement, and I pray you will be able to do so also. One step that was important for me was developing a life verse and then verses to approach certain life situations with. My life verse is Joshua 24, 15, which says in part, and this is the English Standard Version, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I've decided that my house will be a house that serves the Lord in what we say, what we do, how we live. God will be the center of our every action, our every word, our every decision. A home that shows overcoming is possible. Here are two other key verses that are important to me in my faith walk that I can share with others. The first one is Matthew 6.33, and this is the King James Version. It says this, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The verses around this one play an important context in understanding what all these things are. Jesus tells others not to live in continual worry about how they will obtain the basics of life. He wants us to trust our Heavenly Father to provide what's needed for us because He values us so greatly. For me, this is living a sincere, from the heart, devoted to God lifestyle, trusting that in all things, God will provide. And my other verse is Isaiah 54, 17, where it says this. This is the NIV. 
No weapon forged against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Besides the specific references to chastising and harassment for speaking their faith, this verse to me means that the Lord will be my protector at all times, especially in my daily battles and in troubles big and small, as long as I follow him. I can use these verses along with my testimony to share with others how God has helped me overcome. When you share your story with others, you help them get to know what God is like and what he can do. And don't forget, God didn't equip you to go through anything alone. You've been clothed in righteousness and have every power of the Holy Spirit available to you. In the book of Ephesians, Paul creates a powerful metaphor for how your faith can help protect you from spiritual attack. If you symbolically put on the whole armor of God, you can stand firm against attacks of temptation, sin, doubting in your faith, and anything that comes at you, and you can remain strong in your faith. Paul writes this in Ephesians 6, this is verses 10 through 17, and this is the NIV. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Putting on the full armor of God means we trust in the truth of God's word and his plan for us, while living a life where we seek not to sin. Striving to be like God will strengthen us. We must allow him to guide our path and use his word as our backbone and our metaphoric sword against the trials and troubles that we will experience. As an overcomer, always keep this truth in mind. We do not, or at least should not, fight for victory. We should fight from a position of victory. We have already won. Christ has already secured the victory for us. Allow the Holy Spirit to be your guide and a constant reminder that even when you face what seems like impossible odds, incredible valleys, and unscalable mountains, you can still overcome. Don't quit. Don't give in. You're an overcomer. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you again next time when we'll have more for you on cue.